0: to be here. Isn't it nice? For those of you who don't have... Um, Good morning, Jim. For those of you who don't have uh, uh, the Hope Church Facebook, if you're not a Facebooky user, um, you might like to know that this week we've been uh, given what we we're praying for, which is the detailed planning permission uh, for changes to the granary. <laughs> so, uh, that, that is as... Uh, As our friend Martin said, that's the the next step forward, walking on water. (laughs) Which I thought was a a really great uh, phrase. Of of course, when they say detailed planning permission, it doesn't mean they don't want more details. So uh, the the council planning people will will still want to know about uh, the viability of fire exits and what exactly the windows will look like and what exactly the stairs will be made out of. But it's still a huge... Step forward, and uh, so we're going to continue looking to God for His uh, wisdom and for His guidance, just like they did when they're walking through uh, the wilderness, which is a remarkable journey as well. So we keep looking to God for that and for His continued amazing uh, provision as well. So do be uh, keep praying about that. It's it's, uh, a saying, isn't there, in showbiz it's not over till the fat lady sings. So I'm not quite sure what that means in the context of a building project, but there's uh, there's plenty there's plenty of steps to go, and uh, and and they're all ones where we need God's help. No, not they're <laughs> <laughs> all very slim. So <laughs> uh, oh, that's not my notes. That's that's music. That's not me. Last week we, we looked at uh, an amazing verse in the book of Acts where it says the Lord's hand was with them. That's, it's just a remarkable thing, isn't it? When you know how frail you are and uh, to know that God himself, the one who made the world, can be with you or with us as a group of people. Just an amazing thing that, that God himself, not, not a religious club, but God himself being with us. And uh, really, if he's not with us, we're in, to put it theologically, we're in deep doo-doos. We're in trouble. We're in difficulty. We can't make, I don't know about you, but I can't make it through life without God's help, let alone big projects and all of that malarkey. I can't, I can't do it without the knowledge that God is with me. And that's, that's a wonderful promise for, for the Christian. So, so we, we looked at that and um, here's my question. Is God still with us when we screw up? Because that's the voice inside our head, isn't it? I went to a seminar recently and the guy said, whenever you preach, there's your voice, hopefully there's God's voice, but there's another voice in the room and that's the voice inside our head saying things about what's being said. So, so the, the question I'm asking this morning is, okay, God's with us. I could, and some of us will be sitting here thinking, well, I can understand he's with him or her, but what about me? Because I've messed up this last year, this last week this last morning, this last 10 minutes, whatever it is. Is God still with us? Is the hand of God still with us when we make a complete pig's ear of it, when we fall over ourselves, when we just make mistakes? and gordon last week brought a, a, a lovely word that god would speak to all of us this year and he had some specifics for some individuals but he said that, that the thing god wanted to say to most of us wasn't great strategic things it was a father coming to us and saying well do you love me and so uh, because of that question and that prophecy i want to look at the story of peter and we're going to do it bit by bit through uh, the story that's in john chapter 21 The story of Peter, who was asked exactly that question in the context of messing it all up, in the constant context of making big, big mistakes. See the Christian life is a long one. It's a long race to be run. It's not not a sprint, it's it's a marathon. I've been a Christian, I can't remember how many years now, but a, a long time, and I'm still expecting, although only God knows, to, to have a few more years, quite a few more years yet. So it's, a, it's a long race to run, and we're going to experience difficulty on the way, aren't we? Because Christianity is not a sort of lucky charm bracelet or a rabbit's foot. We, we experience difficulties even though we're Christians. Sometimes we experience difficulties because we're Christians, because we have an enemy of our souls. Uh, and because there are particular difficulties and oppositions that come. So we need to know if we're to continue that Jesus is still with us when we mess up, when we go through difficulties and that he restores us and still uses us and wants to be friends with us despite it all. As we've just sung, through it all, through it all, my gaze is on you. But we need to know that he's with us. Now Peter, to tell you some of the backstory. Peter promised that he would follow Jesus, well, forever. So in John chapter 13, for example, and verse 37, Peter says to him, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you now. I'm going to even lay my life down for you. That's a great statement, isn't it, to make. So like, I'm going to be with you forever. That was, that was what he really genuinely felt like. And yet Jesus, knowing what he was really like, said, Well, actually, Peter, the truth is before the cock will crows three more times you, you're going to deny me three times and of course Peter didn't believe him but that's exactly what happened. and uh, in John chapter 18 uh, if you're taking notes you can jot it down as Jesus was there before Pilate being questioned being scourged being cruelly treated Peter's there in the courtyard waiting and and uh, it's, a, it's a chilly night and he's warming his hands around a fire and someone says hey you you were with that Jesus bloke weren't you Nah, don't know him, mate. Nah, I don't know who he is. Uh, And uh, he moves away, he goes somewhere else, uh, uh, and he comes back again. And it happens three times. The last time a servant girl says, I can tell by your accent. I don't know if it's like sort of the West Country or something. I can tell by your accent that you're with that Jesus bloke. Oh, I don't know him. (laughs) I don't know quite what the accents were. but, But he denied him three times, and that time for special effect, he threw in a few swear words. Because he, he was frightened and panicking. So he just, you know, he was at his worst. So like, out came a street, stream of swear words so that people would know that he's, he's really not with that Jesus bloke. He's rather holy and this guy's swearing a lot. No, he's, I'm not with him. I don't know anything about him. And then he goes out and the cockerel crows and he just weeps because he knows he's, he's screwed it all up. He's denied the one. He said, oh, everybody else might fail you, but I'm super Christian. I'm gonna, oh, I'm going to stay with you. Everyone, I'm going to defend you. I'll bring a sword. I, I'm, I'm going to be with you to the very end. And he knows he's totally and utterly messed it up. And what's more, what's worse than totally and utterly messing it up is when you think to yourself, and there's no way back. I can't see a way to get from where I've got to back into the good graces of a great God. I can't see, I've just messed it up. I've, the things I've done and said, I, it's just no way back for me. So there's a, there's a bitterness in, in, inside, somewhere, deep inside. I don't know that I can ever get back to where I was. The friendship, I was one of the three. that, that We were so close, Jesus and me. We, had, we seemed to be so close. And now, I've not only denied him, but he, he was there. In one of the Bible verses, it says, he, Jesus turned and looked at him. Imagine that. I don't know what that looked like, but Peter just thinks I've I've blown it. I've completely, utterly blown it. I don't know if you've ever been in that position. I don't know what the worst thing you've ever done is. I don't to be honest, I don't want to know. I couldn't cope with it all. So <laughs> you just keep it to yourself. I don't know, I don't know what the worst thing you've thought or said or done is, but but that's how Peter felt. There's just no way to put me with Jesus and you can get to that position you honestly can but and yet in the future we know if you turn over a few pages in the bible you see peter standing in front of not just one servant girl but thousands of people and shouting about jesus and preaching jesus and and leading thousands of people to faith in this same jesus you think what 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 happened how did that guy get to that place what actually happened because if you think about it it gives me a new hope doesn't it but hey he did that and got to there what can God do with me how can he transform where I'm at right now where I can't see my way through and I can't work out how it can happen is that possible for me it brings hope to us he went from failure not just to friendship with Jesus but being used by Jesus because God doesn't give up on us Some of us need to hear that this morning. God doesn't give up on you. You might have given up on him once, twice, three times. He doesn't give up on you. So let's look at John chapter 21. We're going to (coughs) just work our way through the story a bit. Read a few verses and, uh, and then comment and then read a few more. God's presence is with us even when we fail. So let's read verse 1 to 4 of John chapter 21. Afterwards... Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. That's another name for the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, well, we'll go with you. (laughs) So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing early in the morning jesus stood on the shore but the disciples didn't realize it was jesus so here's peter and peter goes back he goes backwards he'd been a fisherman and jesus had called him out of fishing but you know when it all goes wrong we tend to go back to what we knew before and that's what peter did so he went back to his old habits back to his old way of life he'd been called to leave but he went back and he went back because he'd failed he'd failed he knew that jesus was alive because he'd actually seen him he knew jesus was alive that wasn't the issue it wasn't that he didn't believe that jesus was alive but he felt disqualified ever feel like that that, that was what he felt like okay i know he's alive but he wouldn't want me i am disqualified he felt i suppose guilty or shameful And that that, that guilt or that shame disqualified him. I can't keep following Jesus because I have messed up. I know he's alive, but so what? I've got to go back to the old ways. He wasn't feeling worthy, particularly as he'd promised that he'd lay down everything for Jesus. And at the first opportunity, he bottled out and went backwards. So, So he wasn't feeling proud of himself. The very opposite. He supposes that he's disqualified. He supposes he's excluded. Do you ever do that? Some of us will be inclined that way, to suppose that we are excluded. Oh, other people, I could see them being all spiritual. I could see them being Christian. But me, no. because of what I've done, because of the things I think, I am excluded. That's what he's thinking. And, And I can understand that feeling. I can even identify with it when we fail, when we let Jesus down. And that's the big question, isn't it? Can we still know his presence with us? when we fail it's an important question isn't it Uh, it's a huge question do we do we have to write ourselves off if we fail or do we have to stand at the back facing the corner for a couple of thousand years do we have to write lines what happens when we fail so Peter's going backwards but notice that going backwards doesn't actually work some people think that the solution is i'll go oh, i'll go back to my own life my old life i do the things i used to do it's not work following jesus i'll go back to the way i used to be but it doesn't doesn't work so he toils all night and he gets diddly squat he gets absolutely nothing Zill, nada nothing he looks in the net there's nothing there you know, back I, i've tried backsliding it's miserable once you've known what it is to walk with jesus the bible talks about the pleasures of sin for a season but it's, it's not as much fun as it was first time round. when you weren't a christian you didn't know any better see when you backslide you know better and so it's a miserable experience because you can't really enjoy your sinning as much as you used to because you know it's wrong and you know that god's there so there's not so much fun but you're not enjoying god either See, you've got the worst of two worlds you think, I've gone back to the world, but the world is miserable. It's, the world is it's, it's a broken system. It doesn't hold water. It doesn't give me what I thought it would give me. I've tried it, but, it, but it's, it's lonely without Jesus. It doesn't work without Jesus, but I'm not enjoying him either. So, so Peter goes backwards, but going backwards is really unfruitful. It just does not work. So he's, he's fishing all night, and then... Jesus comes to move him forward. Jesus takes an initiative. Verse 5 and 6. <coughs> Jesus stood by the shore. The disciples didn't realize it was him, but he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? I think he's m- messing with their heads. <laughs> he knows they haven't got any fish. <laughs> I don't know if God ever does that to you. He's sort of messing with their heads. Oh, doesn't it, didn't it work then? Oh, okay, living without me. Oh, how's that going for you, Peter that's interesting so, does he ever do that to you so, oh, oh you trying life without me oh good good nice to meet you again i'm jesus how are you oh how's it going life without me so there's no fi- and it's a curious thing if you think about it i don't know if you've ever watched fish but they they tend to swim from you know if you've got them in a bowl they just go around i don't know if they really forget okay. hello What's your name? Hello. I don't don't know if they really forget, but what I do know is, if you've got a boat and there's a fish swimming along, like that, he can go to this side because fishes swim. Oh, it's profound this morning, isn't it? Fishes fishes swim. But here's these fish, they get to here, and God says, no, you're not allowed that side. What's going on? (laughs) I'll go back here again then. So there's a whole load of fish here, but there's no fish here. That's weird. Isn't it? you read your bible with a bit of curiosity it's weird what how come there's all fish this side and they don't go that side you'd think one or two of them would stray the other side or they go to and fro but 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 god who rules the universe is able to say look no fish this side sorry a bit like i can understand it in a swimming pool you know you get the lane where you all sort of i'm like a beached whale swimming i'm rubbish rubbish swimming. i go on my back and flop about a bit and swallow some water (laughs) and all of that and then you've got the lane where there's the people and I'm (laughs) and and, and you're not allowed in the lake it's a bit like that but it's down the middle of the boat nope no fish this side sorry is a lesson going the other side what's going on but these fish are just this side they can't they can't go the other side it's an amazing story I think just I know we just read it and go on to the next bit but if you think about it it's it's I don't it's deeply unscientific isn't it for a fish I don't know. They don't read, so there's no sign. It's just God, God ordering things so that, hey, you're not going to be fruitful. You can fish all night, you, you, but without me, you're not going to be fruitful. That's a lesson in life, isn't it? You can, do, you can go. You, you're free. You're a free agent. You can go back to fishing, but it ain't going to work. That's what backsliding is like. You, know, you can do what you like. You can sin. You get into worse and worse trouble, but it's not going to be fruitful. It's not going to really, really work. The fish don't swim there. That's what he's saying. It's amazing. God is in control even where the fish swim. No swimming on the left side of the boat. And then, of course, Jesus comes and, uh, and um, there was a huge catch. Absolutely huge catch. He says to them in verse 6, throw your net the other side of the boat and you'll find some. That's more than some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. But then they get this, when they do what Jesus says, they get this huge catch of fish. And the thing is, Peter is, it has a light bulb moment. I don't know if you ever have those. Sort of ding, because Jesus has done this very deliberately. We often look at just the words and the teaching of Jesus, but what he does is important as well. And what he's doing is what he did to Peter the very first time he met him. You can read about it in Luke chapter 5. He's taking Peter back to the experience he had right back in the beginning. Because when Jesus first came to Peter, he borrowed his boat to preach a sermon. You can read about it in Luke chapter 5. Big crowd on the shore. Jesus in the, sitting down in the boat and he teaches them and he tells them stories. And when he's finished all these great stories and this brilliant preach, he says to Peter, oh, thanks for the boat. Go out a bit deeper. And they and he goes out a bit deeper, puts the net over and has a huge huge catch of fish and have to call other boats to help them get into land and then after that experience he says hey peter you're going to leave your nets now i'm going to make you a fisher of men so jesus very deliberately is replicating what he did way back in the in the beginning i love it when god does that when he says something to you that that takes you right back to the beginning and that's what he's doing with him and peter thinks wow This is just what happened when Jesus came to me. And he reminds us, actually, I called you. I I called you. That's what he's saying. Hey, he's taking Peter right back to the moment where where he said to him, Peter, I want to make you a fisher of men. And Peter left that old way of life and followed Jesus. And, And now Jesus is coming back to him and just giving him a reminder. We need that sometimes, don't we? I do anyway. A reminder, hey, I called you. Not about you, it's about me. I called you to follow me. Are you doing that? Are you, what are you messing about with these nets for? You left them once. Hey, I called you, it's about me. And, and Peter uh, responds there to him. Peter's given up, he's felt a failure, but Jesus comes and reminds him of that first occasion to follow him and to fish men. And so, if you like, Peter suddenly realises there's a way back. There's a a way back, there's always a way back for us. It's a great picture of the grace of God, isn't it? I I love this story. See, some of us think, oh, I can't follow Jesus because I I fail. Listen, Jesus died on a cross because we fail. So so the very thing we think disqualifies us is the very reason that he died for us. He's always ready to restore us. Not just to say, oh, all right," then come in on the fringes, but to restore us, to renew our calling. And, 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 and this is the important thing for us Christians, is when people fail, and fail we will, when people fail, we don't go back to the law. We don't go back to, oh, well, you're excluded because you did this and you did that and you said that. You're out now. No, the truth is, in Romans 8 verse 1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus law and laws tend to push people away and leave them in the place of failure you've failed therefore you're out there and those of us who haven't failed although that's mostly imaginary we're in the middle still law pushes us away grace says no come back grace restores us grace grace means jesus will appear for us and come to us and G- and then um, and then Peter then responds to Jesus and that's important so it's not just Jesus coming to us us behaving as we always have done going our own way that as Jesus comes to us our responsibility is to respond to him look at verse um, 7 verse 7 to 9 then the disciple whom Jesus loved that's John said to Peter it's the Lord it's a moment of recognition. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him because he'd taken it off and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. But they were not far from the shore, about 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning coals, of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. So here's Peter responding to Jesus. Jesus has reminded him of his call. Peter responds to him. He throws himself out of the boat towards Jesus. He's not going slowly. He's not saying, well, I'll be with you in a minute, Lord. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of coming back sometime. No, it's not, it's not slow. It's not careful. He throws himself towards Jesus. I think, I think it's a great picture of what repentance means, to change your mind to change your direction from yourself and your selfishness and your sinfulness and go back towards God. He throws himself on Jesus. He's willing to go back to Jesus. Maybe some of us need to do a spot of that this morning. Returning to Jesus. Lord, I messed up, but I'm throwing myself out of the boat and I'm heading towards you again this morning. You see, grace doesn't mean we ignore our sin. It means we go to Jesus with it. So the, the grace of God, that means His unmerited favour to us doesn't mean that it doesn't matter ah, it doesn't matter how you behave doesn't mean that at all. It means when we behave badly, we go to Jesus with Him as He comes to us. and Peter comes to him with some humility. that if you fail this week, this year, this month, whenever, don't go backwards, go towards Jesus. Don't let shame and the sense of failure and the sense of self-exclusion, don't let that, that sense of disqualification stop you rushing towards Jesus because he's there for you. It's, it's even better than he's there for you, he's here for you. He's here for you this morning, he's here for you right now. You can, I know there's no swimming pool here, but you can dive into his mercy and grace. You can dive into his forgiveness and the acceptance, and you can make your way towards him because he's right there on the shore. And then Jesus restores him. Let's read a few more verses, verse 10 onwards. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish. 153. Someone counted them, that's amazing. 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. I, I, they're words I love to hear. <laughs> None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time it appeared to them after he was raised from the dead. Jesus is in the beginning, the process of restoring Peter. And the first thing he does is he cooks him breakfast. I love Jesus, don't you? What a saviour. I mean, if you've really messed up, what, what would be the first thing you expect Jesus to say to you? I mean, just think about it. If Jesus, if you made a mess up, maybe some of us have, if you met, and Jesus appears in the room, what's the first thing you expect to say to him? You. Some of us expect that. You've, you. I don't know. Some of us expect a, well, I've got words to have with you, son, or daughter. The first thing Jesus does is he cooks breakfast. I find that remarkable, don't you? He wants a, rela- see, eating together is a relational thing. That's what he's trying to establish. I'm, I'm there for you. Jesus makes toast for toads. He does. Peter had been a toad. He'd been, he'd been awful. He'd been a turncoat. Jesus makes toast for him, or their equivalent. He cooks fish for failures. That's our Jesus. you a failure? Good, he cooks fish for you. What a saviour. He makes meals for deniers, even though he's the king of kings. Even though if we saw him in his glory, we'd fall face down, he's happy to come, make a little barbecue, and cook some fried fish and some flatbreads on some hot stones for you. I said, that's a, what a saviour. He's the sort of saviour. I, I he's the sort of saviour I need and I want, and I love him. I don't know about you. I don't know what relationship we're where our relationship is this morning with Jesus. Whether you've got none, some, whether it's historic, past or present tense, I don't know. But what a saviour that he comes to us and says, "Hey, what I'd really like to do is sit down and eat with you." Do you like fish? If you don't like fish? You can have some of the bread. Okay. Cooks for him, even though he's the leader above all leaders, he serves them. That's a picture of love and grace. And then he's going to help Peter face his sins. Even when we fail, God is ready to keep friendship with us. That's wonderful. Even when we fail, he was ready to keep friendship with us, and he helps us face up to our sinfulness. Eating food together is great. It's good good hospitality. It says we're still okay. We don't tend to eat with our enemies. We tend to eat with our friends. Saying, hey, we've got a relationship. We're eating together. And he reassures Peter of some relationship. But then he says, I'm going to deal with the issue. But, hey, first, I love you. That's important. Jesus will deal with our issues. But most important is, hey, I love you. Most important is, I want a relationship with you. You and I can be friends. Oh, yes, you've got these issues. We'll get to those. But most important, I want a friendship with you. That's what he does. And he does it in front of the other disciples. Interesting. In the West, we tend to do such confrontational things privately, don't we? One-to-one. Jesus is quite happy in the context of everyone. The other disciples were there. They must have been thinking, "Uh uh-oh. I mean, we all ran for it, but. What's he going to say to him? I mean, he's, he's really blown it. But there, very publicly, he, he deals with it. In verse 15. When they'd finished eating, Peter said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. You know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. The interesting thing was that beside a different charcoal fire, Peter had denied Jesus three times. And so Jesus is doing the same thing as he did about the calling. He's taking him back to a previous experience around a previous fire and he gets him to face his denial. That's, you see, some, some people think grace means that Jesus is soft on sin. It's not soft on sin. He's gracious, but he gets us to face up to the truth. That's what Jesus is doing. He gets him to face his denial, so he asks him three times. Why? Because he denied him three times. And, and he's reminding, hey, you denied me three times. Do you really love me? Yes, Lord. Do you really love me? Yeah, but do you really, really love me? And Peter's actually hurt. That Jesus faces him up to that denial. And it, you know, it, it does hurt, doesn't it? When, when we've messed it all up. It, it does hurt us to admit it. But, but it's part of the process of knowing that God is still with us and still for us. So he, he just says, Jesus, yes, I do love you. And, and though he's hurt, the hurt that God brings is for love and for healing. And so Jesus hurts Peter so that he might be healed. The word of God, sometimes the Bible says that the word of God is like a double-edged sword. got an And it wounds and it heals. That's both. Sometimes we're wounded when, when God pricks our pride or, or exposes our sin. You think, ow, I didn't want anyone to know about that. Ow, I thought I was right. And now I'm, this has been revealed. But he also heals us. The two-edged sword of God. And he asked for three declarations of love. He's very gentle and tender with people, Peter. Though it's painful to face our failures. And he doesn't ask for all the details. He doesn't say, now, what about that swearing then? What's all that about? He doesn't take it. Hey, hey, oh, yeah, and I remember the cutting off that ear incident. What's that about? He, d- he doesn't take it, some of those details. He's, he's prepared to just let, just, God's, uh, we'll just, this is the important thing, is my relationship with you. It's wonderful, isn't it? it? But he knows, I mean, he knows everything about us. He knows the secret thoughts of our heart. But he, he doesn't put us through a grueling ordeal. He, he, he says, hey, the key thing is this. Do you love me? Where's the love relationship? You and me. Where, where's that going? I know you've failed. We don't need to talk about that very much, but do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He asks for three declarations of love. And then he commissions him, along with that, for ministry. He's he's not only saying, oh, right, I'll let you in a little bit. He's saying, no, you can be useful. I've got a purpose for your life. You could help feed my sheep. You could help feed my lambs. You could care for people. And he commissions him again for ministry. Complete restoration to serve God. And that's why Peter was able to make an enormous contribution towards building the church. Because Jesus didn't just say, oh, all right, then, come in on the fringes. He said, no, come in. I'm restoring you. I've dealt with your denial thoroughly. Now, come on in. You can be useful. Feed my sheep. Do something. Serve me. It's wonderful. He turns our failures into victory. Forgiveness, restoration to friendship, and commissioning to service. And all he asks us this morning is this. Do you love me? Jesus wants to know that there's love. Not going to church, love, love for him. Going to church is an important expression of that. But it's not it. It's love for him. Our first and primary calling is to be with him. And if we're with him, we'll be fruitful. So what's the so what this morning? <laughs> can't stand it any longer <laughs> it's gone fishing that one <laughs> Nah, it's just being, being a boy uh, it, it, I've got three so what's the first is this I think it's really helpful if we know deep in our hearts that going backwards doesn't really work it can seem like it's the solution I've, I've been in parts of my life where I think I just give up it seems, because it seems easier, it seems like the solution. But going backwards doesn't, there's no fish there. You can't really enjoy it like you think you're going to enjoy it. And it, and it ends up in misery. Going backwards just doesn't work. Here's the second thing. Whatever situation we're in, let's rush to Jesus. Whatever situation we're in, rush to Jesus. Face, he'll help us face the facts. He'll help us move on. He'll even make us useful. But go to him. Go to him as you are, with all your fears and your failures, but being honest. That's that's the thing I love about Peter. He made a multitude of huge errors in his life, which I find encouraging. But he was just an honest guy. That's what he, he comes back to Jesus and he lays it all on the table. I denied you. I, I denied you. I denied you. I love you. I love you. I love you. you. And that's the third thing that God is asking us at the start of another year, hey, do you love me? Do you love me? We've got all sorts of exciting things will happen this year. There'll be gift days, there'll be challenges, there'll be ups, there'll be downs, there'll be outreach services and guest services and youth camps. and There'll be all sorts of stuff, all of which is exciting. But here's the thing, in the middle of it all, and in the busyness of life, you can just, lose sight of it is do you love me? Because that is the thing above all things. Do you love me? So let's let's pray.